Welcome to the Become New Dami podcast with John Ortberg. This is Passage to Wisdom, episode 35, on being infectiously alive. Man, I love what I want to talk about for the next couple of minutes. Think about together with you in the form of a question, what would you like to spread today? When you run into people, how would you like to impact them? How would you like to touch them? How would you like other people's lives to be different today because you were a part of it? We have been going through such an unbelievably unusual and prolonged season together with COVID, social distancing, masks. We are keenly aware of contagions and have learned way more about them than any of us want to. But of course, it's not just physical disease that is contagious. Uh, emotionally and spiritually, there are contagions. Laughter can be contagious. I was with a couple of people that I dearly love recently. We were watching an old movie called Mary Poppins, and there's a scene where Uncle Albert, I think it is, starts laughing, and everybody laughs so hard that they can't stop laughing, and they float up to the ceiling. I was with my sister and mother and brother not long ago, and we were thinking about a time known only to us when we all started laughing so hard and my sister Barbara was on the phone and nobody could say a word for a long, long, long time. And that's wonderful. But of course, uh, other emotions are contagious. Also, anxiety is enormously contagious. Anger is incredibly contagious. You look at a lot of life on the internet right now, it's the age of outrage and it just spreads. And one of the key choices that I have to make as I walk through this day is, will I focus on how do other people treat me, which is often my default mode? Or on the other hand, I can flip it and say, how do I want to treat other people? Not what do I want them to bring into my life and how will I feel based on their posture, their attitude towards me, but how could I bless them? How could I help them? It's a classic story at the beginning of the Gospel of Mark where A leper comes to Jesus, and lepers were considered so contagious that they were forced to quarantine themselves to stay at a social distance for the rest of their lives. And the leper asks Jesus, if you can help me. And and the text says Jesus was indignant. Fascinating response. We don't know why, it just says that he was. And then he reaches out and touches the leper and tells him to be clean. And of course, what's fascinating is Not just that he cleanses the leper, but that he touches the leper before he cleanses him. He did not have to do that. But apparently Jesus knew something. Where other people were afraid of what would happen to them if they got infected by the leper, Jesus decided that he would infect the leper with his health and with his love. We're all infectious. And that leads me to this wonderful passage today, C.S. Lewis's book, The Screwtape Letters. Old Uncle Screwtape is this tempter devil, and he's writing to young Wormwood about the human being, the patient, that Wormwood is supposed to try to keep away from God. And what has happened now is that the human being has fallen in love and is going to be impacted now by a whole new circle of people. And this is what old Screwtape writes. My dear Wormwood, so, your man is in love. And in the worst kind he could possibly have fallen into. I have looked up this girl's dossier, and I am horrified at what I find. This is wonderful. Not only a Christian, but such a Christian. A vile, sneaking, simpering, demure, monosyllabic, mouse-like, watery, insignificant, virginal bread-and-butter miss. The little brute. She makes me vomit. 
She stinks and scalds through the very pages of the dossier. It drives me mad the way the world has worsened. We'd have had her in the arena in the old days. That's what her sort is made for. Not that she'd do much good there either. A two-faced little cheat, I know the sort, who looks as if she would faint at the sight of blood and then dies with a smile. A cheat in every way. Looks as if butter wouldn't melt in her mouth and yet has a satirical wit. The sort of creature who would find me funny. Filthy, insipid little prude. And yet ready to fall into this booby's arms like any other breeding animal. Why doesn't the enemy blast her for it if he's so moonstruck by virginity? Instead of looking on there grinning, he's a hedonist at heart. All those fasts and vigils and stakes and crosses are only a facade or only like a foam on the seashore. Out at sea, out in his sea, there is pleasure and more pleasure of it. He makes no secret of it. At his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Now we are part of God's great kingdom of the reign of God where all is the way that God wants it to be and we get to be a part of that and that means that we are part of a movement of hope and meaning that will surely prevail and so I don't have to walk through this day wondering how are other people going to treat me? What if they don't honor me or respect me or like me or treat me right? because I'm loved by God. And that means that I don't have to walk through my day in fear of what other people will do to me. There's a fascinating event very early on in the military career of Ulysses S. Grant. Civil War was at its early stages. He was not even a general yet. He was leading a relatively small group of soldiers and going into his first battle, his first engagement. And he writes how he was terrified He says if it wasn't that he was more afraid of the shame of deserting, he would have never gone into the battle. And they go to the place where the enemy is to enter into a battle that both sides know that they're facing. And much to Grant's shock, the enemy has left. He says it hadn't dawned on him until that moment to think about what's going on in the enemy's mind because he had been so consumed with the fear in his own mind. And he learned that day that Not only did he have to face fear, his enemy had to face fear. And he said he never forgot that lesson. It got him into trouble sometimes later on in the war because he would be so filled with confidence in his own plans that he wouldn't always anticipate there might be some enemies who wouldn't be petrified with fear. But ultimately, the war was won largely through the attitude, the posture, the confidence of Ulysses Grant, who learned that he did not have to enter into the battle in fear. I don't have to go through this day afraid or waiting to see how will other people treat me. I can go through this day asking, God, how could I impact the people around me? Paul says, this is a wonderful image, for we are the aroma of Christ. We are spreading, we can be spreading a kind of beauty and loveliness and joy into the lives of other people. And that's what old Screwtape is so concerned about here. He goes on. Then, of course, he, the human being, gets to know this woman's family and whole circle. 
Could you not see that the very house she lives in is one he ought never to have entered? The whole place reeks of that deadly odor. The very gardener, though he has been there only five years, is beginning to acquire it. Even guests, after a weekend visit, carry some of the smell away with them. The dog and the cat are tainted with it. And a house full of impenetrable mystery. We are certain it is a matter of first principles that each member of the family must in some way be making capital out of the others, but we can't find out how. They guard as jealously as the enemy himself the secret of what really lies behind this pretense of disinterested love. The whole house and garden is one vast obscenity. It bears a sickening resemblance to the description one human writer made of heaven. The regions where there is only life, and therefore all that is not music is silence. Music and silence, how I detest them both. So now we enter into a day where God is present with us, where all that is not music is silence. And we can seek to build little shelters in our apartment, our home, wherever we're living right now, in our office or desk or shop or wherever we're working or volunteering right now, so that love and gratitude and encouragement and hope and joy flow through us into the very places that we inhabit, into the dog and the cat, the people that we run into. Today, don't wait and see how do people treat you. Don't let that set your thermostat. Today, you treat people with the mystery of self-sacrificing love and joy and peace. Be the aroma. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for joining us. Receive alerts for new episodes by texting the word become to the number 56525 or invite a friend by sharing the link become